Yeah, it's just Andy. I don't know. Maybe Alex should say something. Maybe we can hear him. I can hear you. You're coming through. You just your video is incredibly dis the incredible disappearing Alex. Well, do do the do the intro anyway, even though people can't see. You're just better. Oh, at there it. we go. Yeah. Well, anyway, Andy already started the show, but welcome back, everyone, including myself, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Of course, I'm Alex. Of course, he's Andy. How was your Monday? How did we start the week? Oh, pretty good. Didn't bet much. I think broke even in baseball as far as what I played. My Giants won. I do have some Giants futures as we talked about with uh, Mr. Adam last week. So, yeah, I think they're still up four games. They're still a favorite. I think it's about one minus 135 most places. So, let's go G-Man. I have started to dig into just vis-a-vis digging into, hey, how how likely is this to go, you know, and be successful for the rest of the season based on who they have left to play. I did go dig into that. Dodgers and Giants strength of schedule is not that much different. They obviously play each other. That's the toughest opponent that each will play. Uh, so I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll be able to hold on to this. It'll be awful nice. Otherwise, uh, I think it was break-even tennis for me based on who I played. And it's kind of an ugly break-even Monday, which is better than my Sunday. As, uh, you know, as well as college football went, or uh, preseason football went, when the uh, chickens came home to roost on my golf and all that stuff flowed out of my accounts on Sunday, that didn't feel good. So it's good yeah, to stop the bleeding. Did you yeah, look at any of the college football, by the way? There just was some lines that came out yesterday. I know you're not a big college football guy, but I'm sure you perused them at least. I, I perused. I'll get, I'll get into that. Some of it, some of it's definitely going to happen. I'm probably going to be betting a little more college than I normally do this year. I'm excited about it. I did mention uh, baseball. I'm going to get into some baseball here, but real quick off the top, we're going to show you the prize picks graphic that I showed you the last few days, and I don't need to go over this again. It is 100% instant deposit. I will ask you nicely, though, since this is a free show, not behind a paywall, and you love to join us every week, you don't have to go nuts with this, but please do support us by giving it a download in your phone on whatever the Apple Tunes iStore thing and the other. I'm so bad at remembering what those two apps are called. Just the Google Play or the Apple, the Apple Marketplace, whatever. So just give it a try. It's a lot of fun. I've been playing with it, and it is definitely advantageous to some of the other DFS sites where you are playing against legitimate professionals who do it for a living and have big old bankrolls. It's just you versus projection. So please give us a download and use promo code BBB. And again, you can get 100% instant deposit up to 100 bucks. I did it uh, on the baseball. NL East. This is when I, so I, I brought up some strength of schedule stuff. I brought up some other things looking at what's left roughly 45 games left in the, in the MLB season. And I wanted to, I was just, you know, again, perusing this, a lot of my bets and bet researches from like, Hey, I'm looking at what are the giants odds today? And then I scroll past the NL East. I'm like, Oh, we got a fun three-way race there the other day. So I started to dig into this a little and Dan put together a nice little, uh, uh, what, 15 days ago, roughly? Uh, yeah. You can see the standings at the top. The Mets were on top of the world. Two and a half games clear, three and a half from the Braves. And then today, the Mets are three and a half back. And they are struggling mightily. I know I joked about signing Tebow. I'm not sure what they need to do. They just <laughs> need to stop playing. So they They are playing so many tough teams right now, too. 
<laughs> they're in a rough patch of the schedule. Uh, somebody we mentioned, uh, God, during football season, I think, Tankathon, just free yeah. promo into some website that I don't even think advertised. It's free. So it's called tankathon.com. Feel free to go there. We use that a lot during the NFL season to see like the order of draft to see if like teams should be tanking, but they also have some things on there that uh, are like strength of schedule remaining for the MLB. So I dug into that a little and the Mets again, not in great shape. The Mets have the seventh toughest remaining schedule. Again, talking about the, the giants and Dodgers, they play the giants and Dodgers a bunch. That's not how you get back into this race. Phillies are there like they're right there they're a game and a half first for like a day or two yeah they were tied a couple times here the braves it was kind of weird after the big injury that they still did some you know moving and shaking at the at the uh the deadline there but right now looking at the odds with the phillies just a game and a half back the phillies i've seen as low as plus 175 but if you shop around plus 240 for the phillies that might take a few shekels because as I just did the quick scroll through toughest to easiest remaining strength of schedule left, the Phillies are 30 out of 30. They have the easiest remaining schedule, 44 games left, a lot of them against the team from Arizona. So really their toughest games are a, a series against the Brewers, a two game shot against the Reyes and then some Padres games. Otherwise they legitimately literally have the easiest remaining schedule. Atlanta's not that far behind. Atlanta's the 25th remaining schedule, but they have a bunch of Giants games on the docket. So Philly plus 240, only a game and a half back with an easier schedule. Probably a few bucks for me. If anybody in the chat or anyone else on Twitter has any hot takes or something I'm missing, please inform me. I didn't I didn't mortgage my house on this, but I am going to take a little Philly. I don't know if you've paid attention to this much at all. Yeah, it's uh, mostly thanks to my mom. She loves the Phillies, so I try to pay attention. She's oh, yeah, like, you're, and you're a Philly guy. Like, yeah, let's, let's go fight in Phils. <laughs> I do like that, especially since the Phillies, uh, it's not the last series of the season, but they finished the season um, with three games at Atlanta. So if you want, I think you'll be in good shape to, you know, kind of either buy out of that or hedge a little bit. Um, so I think that's a good spot now because, like you said, it is pretty – easy the rest of the way here i mean they play arizona a bunch of times they have to play san diego like you said in tampa bay but a bunch of arizona games a bunch of miami games washington's in there baltimore a, a four games home stretch uh against the, the pirates so hopefully they can score runs if the starting pitching's been good the bullpen's been not terrible from what i from what i've seen but they just can't seem to score runs andy and you have to score at least one run that is true I know whenever I bet an under and a team scores, that's like my mentality. Like, all right, the game can't end zero zero. Somebody has to score. You can still catch this under at one nothing, even <laughs> though it's like a leadoff home run. So yeah, somebody does have to score, but yeah, the, the fighting fills. I'm uh, on the record with the fighting fills ticket right now. I'm going to be betting them, you know, just a small fun baseball one, because I feel like I don't have enough of these. I had some Cincy, and Brewers to win their division. That one, I mean, the Brewers preseason, that one's going to cash. I took some Cincy as a hedge, which turned out to be a pretty stupid hedge as they are struggling as well. So Mets, I'm, I'm proclaiming the Mets dead right now, unless they sign Tebow. Yeah, I think I had some Phillies at a, at a number earlier. We had Adam on and he gave us a couple futures. It was the, I think the Phillies might have been in there. I don't know. I'll have to go check. But if I don't, I'll, I'll join you there and add a little bit. And, um, I'll get my mom reinvested. We'll use mom karma. 
that always works. Yes, if your mom bets on it, I think we're going to be just fine. <laughs> I'll tell her she has to open an account. I'll get her to drive to Jersey to open a WinBet account, Andy. Get her to use yeah, that this boy, Yeah, you're a Philly guy. Dan is a Braves fan. I don't think there are actually Mets fans in real life. So. Oh, there are. I know one. I went to college with one. They're, they're amazing people. The amazing they're Mets. Sad. They're just sad, committed Mets fans. Yeah, I kind of got called out. Uh, hashtag Team No Hedge. I guess it wasn't a true hedge. I, I, the only time I will hedge is when I actually believe there's a decent price, and someone talked me into that Cincinnati price being okay. So while it was a hedge, I guess I didn't feel bad about it. Dan says he knows Mets fans. They're the worst. That sounds far for the course with people from that part of New York. So It's tough uh, for any one human yeah. being to handle that much suffering. Yeah, if you're like a Mets, Jets, Nets fans, I guess the Nets have come around. The but... Nets fan, yeah, it's not great. I had a, a friend in college who was a big Mets fan, and I can't remember what year it was. But it might have been 06, 07, the Phillies or somebody caught the Mets for the division and knocked them out of the playoffs, like literally the last day of the season or something. And he went home to see his family, and the family spent the entire day together, and no one talked. The dad proclaimed that no one was allowed to talk, but they all had to sit together and not talk and be sad. That sounds about right. I guess I'm a minute. I I was a Minnesota sports fan, so I understand some some definite pain over the years. Um, speaking of pain, well, Daniel Collins decided to retire. Otherwise, I I didn't get the Sorna bet in, which is good for me, I guess. I'm still sitting on Yaans Jabour. I need that one to get through. What do we got? Uh, we got any totals? I don't. I'm not a big fan of sides anymore. I want totals. All right, we got a couple totals in here. We have a couple sides. Alms Jabour, we talked about that one yesterday. Um, again, she's playing Nick Contivate, who is just overrated on hard courts, in my opinion. She's in poor form. Jabour, the better player here, and, and a lot of people will think the quicker surface will help Contivate, which it will. She's a power player, but what it allows Jabour to do from a service perspective, from kind of being an, um, a serve and volley player, and she's just much smarter than Contivate. Minus three is a nice number here. I think I've seen two and a half up. That's fine if you want to grab that, but Sold out to three. I think I have that right around even money. Um, I think that's pretty good. Now, the odd and occasional under here, Camilla Georgie and Jessica Pagula are playing a rematch from last week in the semifinals. Uh, Georgie ended up going on to win that title. Um, they hung a 22. Last week, this, I think, closed a juicy 21 or a cheap 21 and a half. Um, I make it right around 21 or so. So happy to take under 22 here in a match that there's a chance this goes three sets, honestly. But I, every time I look at this, it looks kind of like a two-set match to me. And it goes under this 22 most of the time. And last time they played, I believe it was a three-set match, but the total still landed, I think, like in the 23-24 range. So like the under 22 here, it's a rare chance you get to get under 22 on hard courts. Georgie should be fatigued. Pagula, I expect actually to kind of win the match, but I'll just grab the under 22. That looks like a nice number to me. And we're back to golf overs. And we're not going to take the total. The total here, I believe, is right around 20 or so. This match goes two, and Coco Golf plays her best tennis. This is like a 6 4, 6 2, 6 2, 6 0 kind of situation. But Shea is a really clever player. She generally performs very well as an underdog. Again, Goff, as good as she is and as good as she's becoming, is still 18 years old. We're talking about a teenager here. And Shea is one of, if not the smartest players on tour. She will find any sort of gaps or errors in Goff's game and really just kind of weasel her way in here. I think she can steal a set. 
Uh, but instead of playing her plus one and a half sets, which is right around even money, I really like this over two and a half sets number here. I was able to get it a little better than this, but plus 170 is fine. Uh, we'll play that actually down probably to plus 160. And then there's another tournament. This is in Cincinnati, Andy. We're in Chicago. Um, the WTA hasn't been in Chicago in a very long time, but ever. I was talking to our buddy Jimmy. They built a new complex in Chicago. It's apparently big and beautiful and great. There's going to be three tournaments there. They start with a 125K this week, which for the WTA is a kind of a challenger event. If you're poking around your books, it might be under challenger. And then in another couple of weeks, there's a 250. And then in another couple of weeks, it's a, a WTA uh, 500 event. So we'll have a nice build up there. Um, first, we're going to parlay two women here. Storm Sanders um, is playing against Caroline Dolhide. Dolhide, kind of an, an aging veteran who has just had a really tough year. Sanders, someone that has had a great year, kind of just two players moving in different directions. Um, the money line here for Sanders was right around minus 200. I have her minus 250. I'm going to put her together with Anya Kanyuk. Um, Kanyuk minus Anna 325 Kanyuk. for this parlay. I have her closer to minus 375, almost minus 400 against uh, Vitalia Diachenko, another older player who had been good, is trying to work her way back on tour, but just put, quite isn't there. So happy to put those two together and get even money. And then an underdog, Anna Kalinskaya, um, had a match under her belt. She's going to play Claire Lou, who hasn't played much tennis. Um, was able to get this at plus 135 and play this down to probably plus 120. I actually have this right around to pick them between the two of them. Colin Sky is generally the better player. Again, neither have been playing a bunch of tennis, but happy to grab her here. At, you know, like I said, plus 120 or better. But if you hunt around, there's a plus 135 out there. So a bunch of tennis. Um, just about all of this is today. Colin Sky, I believe, is going to be tomorrow, but. I don't know when that's going to be. That might start before the show. So I wanted to get that out. The rest should be today. Yeah. Callan Sky is tomorrow for sure. And I was just parlaying those girls and I entered it wrong. I pushed, I pulled down the wrong menu and I tried to put in a WTA teaser. Apparently that Ooh. is not a thing. It would not let me do that. Just kind <laughs> of a gambling tip. Heads up. You cannot tease women's tennis. Maybe men's first tennis. first half of football uh, games. Yeah, or first halves of football game. That is very true. That is a callback. Uh, Northern Trust. Again, I'll be playing the... Oh, man, I forgot my Nintendo at home. I'm going to have to go home and get it. Um, I'm going to be playing the course tonight after I run home and get my Nintendo Switch. Jesus, Andy, what have you been doing? But uh, a couple outrights yesterday. Actually, Bookmaker opened a better number on Colin. I grabbed a little more of him at 21 and change. I'm really in love with Colin. I know some other smart people like him again this week. Not all that dissimilar from the course he won on over across the pond. Uh, Wisconsin and England, same thing, I guess. So I'm pretty happy about that one. Looking for him to perform like he can and be in a really good field. I played a couple of top 20s. These are guys, I think during a normal event, I would have played them to win. Connors and Keegan Bradley. Corey Connors, Keegan Bradley. It's just, man, this is a tough, this is a tough, tough, tough field. Like it's one of those, I always say like, what if you're right, but you're not quite right enough. These are absolutely guys who I think can compete, but even at the big numbers, you can get them to win 100, 120, 150 to one. I, I'm just not going to be diving down that well. I'm going to be putting them in top 20s. Connor's top 20 plus 225. Keegan top 20 plus 380. Guys whose games have been on, who translate well, form is in shape. I just can't fully commit to playing them to an outright and the playoff. Yes. We've seen plenty of playoffs lately, this which is not predictive, not predictive one way or the other. You can say, well, 
we've had too many playoffs. Well, we won't have our playoffs or trending. Like that doesn't matter. It's just the way this course is played in the past. This is a, this is a tournament they rotate around. It's played in Jersey, New York, Boston. They played at TBC Boston last year. You can actually go back and look and be like, you know, why, why would you think there's a playoff? Uh, last year, the, the guy who won, DJ, won by 11 strokes. Again, that was at TPC Boston, not Liberty National. The last three times this tournament has been played at Liberty National, the winner only won by one stroke, including two to two out of those three there were four men tied for second. We were this close to a playoff. Smaller field, they get a slightly better price. A lot of books hang three to one on playoff normally, getting a plus 350 on what I think will be a tight dispersion of good players right around the 12, yeah, somewhere in the, the 10 to 15 range. I think it is going to be teens, lower teens for the final winning score. So plus 350 for there to be a playoff. So I will be cheering for like nine guys to be tied going into the turn on a, on Sunday. I can dig it. And I, you know, that's it for today. I'll have some more tonight when we, uh, when we play the course. Did you go back and look? It feels like we've had a a playoff, like two out of every three weeks for like the last nine weeks or something. Like, yeah. Lots of weeks in a row at one point. Yeah. And not only playoffs, but like the fun pictures of they take the, they do this thing on, you know, the, the, whatever photog is there takes a picture of like, you know, the one who was like an eight man playoff, the corn fairy had a really big playoff. Yes. When you have, you, you take the picture of like the six bags all sitting next to the green because it's just this massive, it's not something you normally have, you know, the, no. the biggest, you'd have threesome sometimes in golf, but a six sum is very, uh, very unique, especially in a playoff. So it's, it's kind of fun having these. And yeah, I'm going to be banking on another one. Uh, we talked about offensive rookie of the year last yesterday. Yep. Other side of the ball, they're going to award, the, apparently they're going to award this too. They're just going to take someone, a young man who's found his way into the league for the first time this year and give him an award for being the best football player on the defense. And this one is trickier. We, you know, we went over this, we've gone over this on deep dives. We've talked to guests about this, like a quarterback is probably going to win offensive rookie of the year. Historically, it takes a really big season from a wide receiver or, you know, a, a bad crop of quarterbacks to get it to a running back or wide out. This is basically anybody who's not a safety. <laughs> like, right. especially off-ball linebackers can win with a ton of tackles and, a, you know, some flashy play. Obviously, edge rushers can get sacks and tackles for losses. A cornerback who gets playing time can end up with some picks, maybe even a touchdown, some fumble recoveries. Like, it is it is all over the place. Like you can basically select any position. That's not a safety. So, and really going back and looking at this too, 90% of the time, it's a first rounder. Like there have been over the past 20 years, there's been like two or three that weren't first rounders. And I believe they were all second rounders. So it's a tough one to take deep shots in, but there's plenty of people at the top of the board. I don't know. Did you have thoughts on any of these young men? No, it's kind of like you said, it's really wide open at this point. I think this, you know, all this stuff kind of makes sense to me. I would avoid maybe Sertan, despite all the stuff that we heard about him. He's been getting a lot of, um, you know, juice and shine lately. So at 12 to 1, I don't know if there's any value in him. Again, it could be a quarterback, but we also know that it's really hard to be a quarterback in the NFL your first year. 
it takes some time. You kind of get beat up for the first couple games. So, you know, maybe he's the exception that proves the rule, but I'm not willing to bet on that. Somebody like Parsons, who's going to get a bunch of playing time, you know, that makes sense to me to have at the top. It's, it wasn't really anybody who stood out to me. I couldn't see anybody that looked like they were going to get a bunch more playing time or might be in a position to take somebody's job or something. You know, this is a good award where, if you're betting rookie of the year stuff, like obviously the best bet anybody ever made, I think it was Cheetah took uh, Dak Prescott that one year. And not that you can do that every year, but I tried to look at some of the higher numbers. It just didn't look like there was anybody around them that might be able to fall off and, and for them to slide in and get some playing time. So uh, nothing for now. Yeah, It's hard to predict an injury, especially a specific one that would be like, Hey, this third round the end is suddenly going to be heavy in the rotation. I did look at uh, Barmore. Barrymore, I'm not sure how to say his name properly. The Alabama DN who went, uh, I think he was ended up with the Patriots. The Patriots end up doing so much rotation through the defensive line that's tough. Um, like you said, and again, with any of these awards, playing time, playing time, playing time. Micah Parsons is the top of the board because he's going to start. Zayvon Collins going to start. Awosu Koromoa going to get a ton of playing time down in, in Cleveland there. And then uh certain again 12 to 1 he had a flashy play in the preseason but that's a decent secondary already he might not you know he might not be getting as much playing time as you need for someone who's going to win the award uh another one uh jamin davis probably going to get a ton of time there are some injury concerns with a few of these quitty pay some injuries um a couple of these guys have had been been banged up obviously rosal down in miami miami and he went to miami plays for miami now He's going to be a, a big injury concern. He actually retired from football at one point. He got injured so much. He, so there, there's some of these guys further down. And yeah, like Horn, I'm not enamored with. If I had to take anything, Collins at 12 to 1. Yeah. Uh, Wusu Koromoa, I, I like him, but I worry about a lot of eggs in that basket already with how much money I have on uh, uh, defensive player of the year on that same defensive line already. So. It's uh, <clears throat> it's tough for me to get in bed with him. So, I am I'm probably on the the Zayvon Collins or yeah Zayvon. That's what I was gonna say. If I had to pick one, I, I think he's the guy. I think he has the most opportunity to be out there running around doing a lot of stuff. Like he has a great shot at a hundred tackles and all that good kind of stuff. Yeah, I always forget. And then Matt Matt in the chat here says uh, no no bias on a Wosu. I'm like I thought you were a Bears fan. I forgot he is a. He is a Notre Dame player. So Dan or uh, Matt with the. Um, it never ends. I don't, I don't even think he went to Notre Dame, man. He's just like a bandwagon bandwagon fan, like the, like the neighbor kid on Rocky. Be a Purdue fan. That'd be a lot cooler. But yeah, safety did win in like 1990. So maybe throw that out the window. Oh, there's no safeties bet. So yeah, Zayvon Collins. Due. That's my safeties bet. Safeties are I'm, due. I'm going. I'm going to say, and Matt says, I tried. They said no as far as going to Notre Dame. Yeah, it's tough. Like it's, uh, I, we all saw Rudy. Good, good choice by Notre Dame. Yeah, Rudy, Rudy, it took him years to get in there. Oh, thanks for those, to those odds, for those odds, to our sponsor, our main squeeze, WinBet, where you can get your $500 risk free bet. The, Links are in the pin post at Brown Bag Vets on Twitter. Follow us there. Follow us on your podcast app. Follow us on YouTube at the Betsperts Media page for all our shows. We'll have some more stuff coming this fall. Thanks for following along. Thanks in the chat. Give us a thumbs up. Alex, should we do it again tomorrow? I think so. I'm excited. All right. We'll see you guys. Wednesday.